It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussion with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this 14th day of November 2023. This is The Horn, Live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the Merry Wacky Zany real-time madcap multimedia extravaganza that is The Horn chat room and a means by which one may augment one's live listening experience. Yes. Um, if you pop in right now, you'll be greeted by the early arrivers, Theo and Squeaky, and very poorly moderated by your humble hostess, moi, and uh, a good time will be had by all. If you're listening to the podcast, pretty please, uh, like and subscribe. Subscribe on a couple of platforms, if you don't mind. That way, uh, and this is not me just trying to boost platform numbers, it doesn't work that way. No, what this is is me uh, saying that sometimes these platforms don't get the upload in a timely fashion no matter when I do the upload. I try to do it as soon as the program's over. But sometimes, it, and so if you're subscribed to more than one platform, you will get a notification, right? Right. Uh, maybe leave a comment for the algorithms to show them that people are actually participating and listening to this program. And that way... Uh, Maybe the algorithms will suggest it to other potential members of our Horn Family Community congregation. Yeah, hi, I'm Robin. It is Titanic Tuesday on the Horn, and, well, it works out nicely under the circumstances, given the material with which we have to work. Oh, yay, I'm not going to be poorly moderating the chat room this evening. Your humble hostess doesn't have to worry about it, because there, there he is. Horn Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, and Bud Trimmer, once again, Emeritus, Roger, in Oregon. Roger's pop says, yeah, I'm late. Stand in the corner, Roger. No, don't, 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 for God's sakes, no. But it is, it's Titanic Tuesday. Uh, there are big doings in the House of Representing right now. We will probably cut away to that. In fairly short order, but every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And as a consequence of that, we say thank you to our 14th day of the month subscribers. 
And that means thank you uh, to Charles. Thank you so much, Charles. And thank you to Ralphs. And thank you to Matt in San Francisco. Thank you so much. And so uh, uh, with uh, Ralphs and Charles, the uh, fundraising goal is uh, down to 11.20, 11.20. That's what we need to do to catch up to today, yesterday, and Friday, and $220 of Thursday. Is that it? Yes, that's it. Uh, the PayPal button's at headon.live, and so is the uh, Patreon interface. It's over... PayPal's on the main page. Patreon is on the contribute page. Or if you just want to pop in a la, a la carte, that's wonderful uh, because we badly need the help. This is a shoestring operation. Always has been. And sometimes we get a little more shoestringy than other times and we are really, really shoestringy right now. Uh, the uh, dry rod is setting in. Uh, a couple of beautiful photos coming in earlier today from Matt in San Francisco. My goodness gracious. Um, gorgeous lighting uh, at nighttime. Laser lights, APEC in San Francisco, Matt writes. The Asian Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit. Uh, laser lights downtown Market Street for the APEC, APEC, not APEC, APEC. Again, Asian Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit. And I think that's what it stands for. Uh, we have seen jets accompanied by F-15 fighters. So the occupants must be important. We also have signs on the freeways warning of slow traffic in San Francisco from today through Thursday. Which I think means street blockage and clearing airspace to make sure all the important folks are safe. Notice. No human fecal matter or mounds of syringes in the pictures. We're a beautiful city going through a tough economic time. Don't believe all the hype. You don't have to tell me that twice, Matt. I love your magnificent city. It is among my top two in the country. Probably San Francisco and then New Orleans. And then, you know, New York, Boston, Pittsburgh, etc. Uh, but uh, don't worry, though. Don't worry, Matt. Uh, don't turn on Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda, or Newsmuck, or Onan, the network that spills its news upon the ground. Because even if those things aren't there, they have paid professional liars who will swear up and down to Emory and Marveline sitting there in their matching Barca loungers in their single wide, they're docked at the Ballerina Swan Lake Trailer Court and Country Club that uh, it is. Uh, as to the fundraising, an anonymous friend of the program says, I'll kick it off with 20 bucks, so that gets us down to 1100 Thank you. And Ralphs is offering a $25 challenge for the Trump loyalist who is bashing his former boss for the first time as a traitor and a complete idiot. 
wow. Um, we're talking, of course, uh, about an anonymous former White House official who said of the former boss, their former boss, because he is morally bankrupt. This is the quote. Breathtakingly dishonest, lethally incompetent, and stunningly ignorant of virtually anything related to governing, history, geography, human events, or world affairs. You know, that could be John Kelly. That could be Bill Barr to prosecution. That could be, but this is for the first time, so that lets John Kelly out, and it lets Bill Barr to prosecution out. No, 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 no way is this Ben Carson. Oh, well, that's a guessing game for later. He lacks any shred of human decency, humility, or caring. Uh, this person is an official. That means it's not a staffer or an aide. Jonathan Carl mentions it all in the book that he's hustling now. Tired of winning. And uh, Jonathan Carl told uh, Jen Psaki, well, let's check it out. You know, it helps if we've got things plugged up and ready to go. I'm going to have to have a talk with my producer. Sometimes it's just like she's not even paying attention. The my pillow election denying, you know, guy. He he was out saying that Trump was going to be reinstated, and he had an oddly specific date. He said August thirteenth. This was right before that, Mr. Mitchell. This was right before that. I figured this was like a QAnon wacky thing that was out there. I, but but I saw this press release that he had put out, and it wasn't a press release about it. It was about something else, and then it was actually criticizing NBC. Mm. Uh, but the last lines of it were 2024 or before, and that's why I asked if he... And, and you can see he's like, I'm not going to explain it to you. So he's not denying it. But what I found is he was actively pursuing this. He was talking about it with everybody who would listen privately, um, and he seemed to truly believe that there was going to be a series of steps that would happen in these states that he lost and that Donald Trump was going to be able to go back into the White House. Joe Biden was going to be evicted. And that there's there's a story. I mean, it's not, by the way, just six months, because what I learned is that, that interview was about six months. Yes, later. yes. But it kept on going on yes. into into last year, into 2022. He actually went to Mo Brooks, who he had endorsed running for Senate. Uh, in Alabama. Who's quite conservative, I think people Mo, should Mo be. Brooks, I mean, let, let's put it this way. He wore body armor right. to, the, to the speech outside the White House on January 6th. He was the first guy to lead the objections in Congress to Biden's certification. So anyway, so Mo Brooks, he, he called Mo Brooks up and um, again, on an unannounced call, and Mo Brooks told me he picked it up and, and he made a series of four demands of him. Uh, and the demands were all related to this reinstatement thing. He wanted Brooks to go out and call on Biden to be removed from the White House, call for a rerunning of the election, and uh, and for Trump to be reinstated as president. And Mo Brooks, again, in a pretty extreme Trump 
diehard yeah. said, no, that's unconstitutional. I can't do it. And Trump then a few days later withdrew his endorsement. But this is what was going on. He really thought that something was going to happen, the cyber ninjas audit in Arizona and everything else, that it was all going to come to this big culminating moment, and he was going to go back into the White House. You talk to a lot of people, and you've kept in touch with, I think, a lot of people who worked for him or yeah. worked around him. And another really fascinating detail in your book is you mentioned an anonymous former high-level official in the Trump White House, somebody close to him, you yep. describe it as, who shared his reflections with you after Trump was indicted. And he said, quote, and I'm going to read this because it's kind of jarring. Uh, he lacks a, any shred of human decency, humility, or caring. He is morally bankrupt, breathtakingly dishonest, lethally incompetent, and stunningly ignorant of virtually anything related to government, history, geography, human events, or world affairs. He is a traitor and a malignancy in our nation and represents a clear and present danger to our democracy and the rule of law. I mean, that is quite a statement for somebody who has yeah. spent time close to and around the former president. And that was a something he wrote down relatively recently. Yes, this and this is somebody who served more than a year at a very high level inside the West Wing, uh, very close to Donald Trump, not somebody that went out publicly and repeated the lies about the election. He's not one of those people, but he's also not somebody who has publicly come out to, to condemn Trump either. So it's not one of what they would call the usual suspects. This is somebody who served him, served him loyally uh, for more than a year. And it gets to a fundamental truth about Donald Trump, and that is the most piercing and searing criticism of him. The people that are sounding the alarm loudest about what a second Trump term would mean are those who were closest to him. Some of them have gone public. Uh, people like John Kelly uh, have, have gone public to, to, to make this point. A lot of them have not. Uh, this is a very, and you might ask, well, why don't they come out? Why doesn't this person come out and, 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 and sound I would publicly? <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good question now that you ask, Jen. Um, but, you know, what, what he told me is uh, that he, frankly, he fears the retribution, not from just Trump. from Trump. Not, and Trump oh, wait, and Trump we're gendering. People, not just hey. to him, uh, but to his family. Um, and he, this person has gone on, is not directly active in politics right now, uh, I think is quite chastened from this experience. Um, and you saw those words, uh, really warning about not just what Trump was like, but what it would be like if he came back. Jonathan Carl, this book, Tired of Winning, is a huge wake-up call. And Tired of Winning drops, I think, at midnight. And, well, Jonathan Carl will probably be... Well, who knows what the advance was on it, but this thing isn't going to have a little dagger by it where it was bulk purchased by the Wingnut Institute for American Wing Nuttery and given away as a premium. Who doesn't love a good guessing game? But we're kind of up to we're up to our eyebrows in in guessing games right now. My bookie hasn't called my bet in yet on, uh, you know, co-conspirator number six in the D.C. case. Remember, we still got a we still got a fin on uh, Ginsurrectionist Thomas. And so, with that news, uh, uh, Ralphs is putting a twenty-five dollar challenge on the table. As a for the Trump as a traitor and a complete idiot challenge. 
Okay, I'm already being chastised. Leah, New York says, stop it, Robin. We have enough fighting. We don't have to have a best city list. Home is a good place. Appreciate it and strive to make it better. Signed, Lee, in my home city. Here, here. But I feel like I'm kind of a neutral observer because I'm a country mouse. And no, I haven't seen them all. But I have some that I like a lot more than others. You know, when you excise the traffic, Hotlanta is pretty amazing. Boston's fun. Again, with the traffic. New York. Don't know enough about Chicago to say much about Chicago. Love me some Pittsburgh. Adore me some San Francisco and some New Orleans. Oh, I'm going to piss people off. Charlotte, you know, Charlotte's just like, what? Um, Why am I even going there? It's only going to get worse. Oh, Walter. Yeah. What, the people of San Francisco have lost their freedom to take a dump anywhere they want? Have Republicans pulled a coup d'etat in San Francisco? Ah. Hi, Walter. But anyway, I wanted to... uh, check in in the House of Representing. Right now they're uh, voting on amendments and kind of just stirring about the well of the House. Eventually we will get uh, a vote on the laddered, laddered continuing resolution. Peas and carrots, carrots and peas, carrots and peas, peas and carrots, peas and peas and carrots and carrots, carrots and peas, peas and carrots. That's how you make a crowd noise. On this vote, the yeas are 140, the nays are 294. The amendment is not adopted. The unfinished business is a request for a recorded vote on amendment number 33, printed in Part B of House Report 118-272 by the gentleman from Montana, Mr. Rosendale, on which further proceedings were postponed and on which the ayes prevailed by voice vote. The clerk will redesignate the amendment. Three printed in Part B of House Report Number 118-272, offered by Mr. Rosendale of Montana. If it's offered by Mr. Rosendale, those in support of the request for a recorded vote will rise and be counted. A sufficient number having risen, a recorded vote is ordered. They didn't even look at the room. By electronic device, this will be a two-minute vote. See, these are all the poison pill amendments that were offered trying to uh, shut down the government, because that is still the goal, especially among the mutineers. And this amendment prohibiting funding for the John E. Fogarty International Center, saving approximately $95 million. 
And one of the last votes we're expecting here in the House this evening, a short-term funding bill to avoid a shutdown on Friday. Uh, we will uh, get back to that as need be. So here are the mutineers. Mike Johnson, Mullah Mike Johnson knows that he can't pass his bill with Republican votes alone. If he could, it would have poison pills in it. It would be pure, pure poison. But the list has not really changed from yesterday. Warren Davidson from Ohio. Bob, ironically named Good of Virginia. The Sporkfoot from Georgia. Scott Perry, the insurrectionist from Pennsylvania. Yep, there he is, Chip Roy of Chlamydia Springs, Texas. And George Anthony DeVolder. Friedrich Barbarossa of Germany, Santos. Uh, given that we're like at 11, uh, 1100, we maybe should have gone for, I don't know, Henry II. So these are the people who are gumming up the works. Curiously absent is the name of the chief mutineer, Matt, it just gets worse. Must be some horse trading going on. Someone who should have stayed quiet but didn't, completely oblivious to the first law of holes when you're in one, quit digging, meaning, of course, uh, George Anthony DeVolder, uh, William the Bastard Duke of Normandy, Santos, said, I ran for Congress to be part of the change, so let me go ahead and be that change. No more CRs. It's time to save America from runaway spending once and for all, he said, going to shitter and taking a shit. We need a detox of the chronic abuse and put an end to this nonsense once and for all. And that is, those are absolutely comic stylings from a man who's presently indicted for well, among other things, identity theft. Sporkfoot said, I voted no to both CRs before, and I'm voting no to this clean CR. We need to finish our uh, uh, probes, and the Senate needs to do their job. No money to Ukraine. Close the border. Stop the weaponized government. Impeach Biden, Mayorkas, Ray, Garland, and Graves. Did I miss anybody? Where's my boyfriend? I need a spork rub. Hmm. So the Democrats are going to have to ride to the rescue, and we will see if, in fact, they do. I suspect they will, because they got two things that they absolutely wanted. They wanted a clean bill bereft of poison pills. And yet they're still voting on them. And they in the White House, if we're going to do this harebrained, cockamamie, 
Covenant ICR, brainchild of Mullah Mike. Then they wanted to make sure that the defense budget was in the, was in the February shutdown list, not the January 19th shutdown list. The calculations here are absolutely bizarre. So there's like 30 seconds left in the vote on the House floor. You heard the speaker pro tem say 30 seconds. This is one of those things they call a votorama, I think. Just one piece of maggot stupidity after another. This is On this vote, the yeas are 186, the nays are 247. The amendment is not adopted. And here's another one. The unfinished business is a request for a recorded vote on amendment number 55, printed in Part B of House Report 118-272 by the gentleman from Virginia, Mr. Good, on which further proceedings were postponed and on which the ayes prevailed by voice vote. The clerk will designate the amendment. Amendment number 55, printed in Part B of House Report number 118-272, offered by Mr. Good of Virginia. A recorded vote has been requested. Those in support of the request for a recorded vote will rise and be counted. A sufficient number having risen, a recorded vote is ordered. Members will record their votes by electronic device. This will be a two-minute vote. Harumph. And this is the madness we have to get through in order to actually get to the point of figuring out if the Republican Party can actually be any kind of a a, a partner in responsible government. And again, I find myself thinking about the folks down there in Gonorrhea Gulch, Texas, who send Chip Roy to the House of Representatives. I'm sure. I'm sure it's it's gerrymandered probably almost into a parallel universe that district. But do they watch this and say, "Gee, I'm proud. I'm proud of Chip Roy, and I'm proud of Syphilis Springs." And if they do, what is it they're proud of? Proud of. I mean, we are, after all, talking about Texas. They're proud of hanging service members out to dry without a paycheck. Military staff, civilian military staff, hung out to dry without a paycheck. Well, 
Lordy, the ironically named Bob Not Good of Virginia's amendment is apparently more hated than most others. Uh, 321 nays at this point. Oh, that, uh, yeah, uh, that speaks to 2024 labor, HHS, and education spending. Here's what, here's what, here's what good God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual Bob Good wants. He wants to transfer $28 million allocated for minority AIDS prevention to a spending reduction account. Yeah, because who needs to stop the spread of HIV, really? I mean, for for people who lived through the epidemic, the epidemic of choice, by the way, in the Reagan 80s, it must be really hateful. Dan Muser again. Printed in Part B of House Report 118-272 by the gentleman from Arizona, Mr. Biggs, on which further proceedings were postponed, on which the ayes prevailed by voice vote. The clerk will designate the amendment. Amendment number 69, printed in Part B of House Report number 118-272, offered by Mr. Biggs of Arizona. A recorded vote has been requested. Those in support of the request for a recorded vote will rise and be counted. And here we go again. It's another two-minute uh, two-minute vote. Uh, and uh, it, we'll find out what Andy Biggs is mad about. Oh, well, yeah. uh, this amendment cuts funding for the Student Financial Assistance Program because you can't be having no educated populace. I mean, they may make a show of saying, oh, we really love the founders and framers of this here country. Ah, uh, but all that Jeffersonian and uh, Franklin-esque business about the necessity of an an informed electorate, yeah, that can, yeah, that 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 can hang fire, y'all. Under and uneducated voters are the only. Well, remember what Newt Nero said: "I love the uneducated voters." It's the only way the Republican Party can survive at this point. Now, Lee in New York saying, Leave Santos alone! He taught Frank Borman how to fly the Apollo command module. Yes, he did. And he rode into space on the outside of the capsule, too, I'll have you know. Well, I mean, okay. Uh, 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 John in Central PA, Bob ain't good. At least he's not trying to fight people like Senator Mark Wang. Lou, with a novel question, perhaps the actual situation is that the North actually lost the Civil War. They won the first part. They definitely lost the second. The after part. Well, these votes run in a hurry.
Yeah, this one corkscrewed into the ground like a paralyzed falcon, too. Eighty-five Republican yays for cutting funding for the student financial assistance program. The amendment is not adopted. The unfinished business is a request for a recorded vote on Amendment Number 70, printed in Part B, House Report 118-272, by the gentleman from Arizona, Mr. Biggs, in which further proceedings were postponed, on which the ayes prevail by voice vote. The clerk will redesignate the amendment. Amendment Number 70, printed in Part B of House Report Number 118-272, offered by Mr. Biggs of Arizona. A recorded vote has been requested. Those in support of the request for a recorded vote will rise and be... Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we should uh, note that this is taking place. Uh, you remember last night, uh, in yesterday's program, I should say, I'm, you know, I, I think in terms of when we do it live. Do it live! Uh, uh, Chip Roy, having been interviewed, said, uh, gave, and, and Steve in New York pointed out the... Uh, uh, he has my full. He has my full confidence. Yeah, that's what they say right before you get fired. Well, part of that was the idea of not proceeding through regular order, and they're not doing it now because if they did, the government would shut down. Pure and simple. Uh, this amendment. Uh, Wipes out funding for the Student Aid Administration. <laughs> really hate education, don't they? Well, yeah, they do. I mean, recall that eliminating the Department of Education has been a fetish object in the Republican Party platform since I was a kid. That along with, get us out of the U.N., Oh, Emilio, don't make trouble for me. That's okay, Robin. You can just bash New Jersey and everybody else in the U.S. will feel validated. Why is it New Jersey's always the butt of a joke? I don't know. I'm not going to bash New Jersey. I like New Jersey. I saw New Jersey for the first real time this past spring, and it seemed, apart from the rather confusing four-lane highways and their jug handles, it seemed a relatively pleasurable place to be. Certainly liked the part I was in. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going. No, I'm not going to goon on New Jersey. So, at some point, we will be done with these godforsaken amendments. Just by way of an update, though, over on the Senate side today, on this Titanic Tuesday, and remember, Ralphs has a challenge on the table, $25, for Trump is a complete idiot, said by some official who worked with him. Uh, today, the, the uh, Senate majority in the Rules Committee pushed a resolution that would allow quick confirmation for a, a significant number of the military nominees, non-political, not policymakers, not the Pentagon, 
just the brass uh, put them through in tranches in order to get around the the un-American antics of a man who is all too all too entirely um, obsessed with women's reproductive organs. I mean, really, when you get right down to it, these pro-lifers are creeps. So the Senate Rules Committee, by a 9-7 to partisan vote, approved the resolution, meaning the Rules Committee says, yes, it's, it's, it's okay to do this, for groups of military nominees to be confirmed um, in a lump. Because Tommy Tuberville sucks. Because he's a misogynistic freak. The thing is, the resolution goes to the floor of the Senate now, and they're going to need nine Republican votes in order for the resolution to pass. Assuming all Democrats looking at you, Joe Manchin, looking at you, independent Kirsten Cinema. assuming everybody who caucuses and votes with the Democrats votes yay on the resolution, yet we got to have nine Republicans. The seven who voted against it in the Rules Committee said uh, if the tuber doesn't back down, that they will change their no votes in committee to yes votes on the floor, meaning they'll need two more. So far, Moscow Mitch McConnell, who has continued to criticize Tuberville's behavior, well, he uh, said, uh, I'm going to oppose the resolution at this particular moment. <laughs> Sounds a lot like the Enterprise crossing the screen in the first Star Trek movie, doesn't it? There's our obligatory Star Trek reference for the evening. At this particular moment. In other words, he's giving Tommy the Tuber a chance to find a respectable way out. Now, uh, some of his Republican colleagues in the Senate actually spent four hours calling up 61 military nominations only to have Tuberville to stand there and say, I object! Each and every time. Because, of course... That was back at the beginning of the month. And so it's taken 12 days to get around to trying to do an end run on him.
it, it has yet to be seen uh, whether these Republicans who say they oppose it are willing to put their money where their votes where their mouths are. Make no mistake, the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, has said that Tuberville shenanigans are hurting readiness and have unnecessarily weighed down our military families who already give up so much to support those who serve. Does Tommy the Tuber really care? No. Because Tommy the Tuber and George Anthony DeVolder, General Omar N. Bradley, Santos, well, they're uh, you know, they're 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 both they're they're both military experts. That's that's what they are. Yes. And we are uh, fifty-five seconds away from uh, shutting down Andy Biggs's amendment to zero out funding for the Institute of Educational Sciences. We can't have people teaching people how to educate people. That's on the market. Thank you, Robert, for jumping in on Ralph's challenge. Thank you so much. $15 remains on that one. And if met, it will get us down to 1050 with 15 more dollars. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Yeah, true enough, Lee. Lee in New York says, uh, ending de- the Department of Education, Betsy DeVos would have done it if she could find a pencil when she got to her office. I remember the video. Yes. Betsy DeVos caps day one as I get to Education Secretary. Now where do I find the pencils? She said. Wiley Coyote, super genius. On this vote, the yeas are 118, the nays are 316. The amendment is not adopted. What purpose does the gentleman from Washington seek recognition? Mr. Speaker, I move that committee do now rise. The question is on the motion that the committee rise. All those in favor say aye. All those opposed say no. The ayes have it. The motion is adopted. Accordingly, the committee rises. Sometimes it's nice, well, helpful to point out these guys don't operate under Robert's Rules of Order. They, are, they operate under what's referred to as Jefferson's Mr. Chair, Rules. Committee of the whole, Mr. Chair, said the committee has had under consideration H.R. 5894 oh. and has come to no resolution thereon. Proceedings will now resume on questions previously postponed. Votes will be taken in the following order. The motion to suspend the rules and pass... H.R. 6363, and agreeing to the Speaker's approval of the journal if ordered. Electronic votes will be conducted as five-minute votes pursuant to Clause 9 of Rule 20.
Pursuant to Clause 8 of Rule 20, the unfinished business is to vote on the motion by the gentlewoman from Texas, Ms. Granger, to suspend the rules and pass H.R. 63-63. Now we're into the meat of things. On which the yeas and nays are ordered, the clerk will report the title. H.R. 63-63, a bill making further continuing appropriations for fiscal year 2024 and for other purposes. Question is, will the House suspend the rules? and pass the bill as amended. Members will record their votes by electronic device. This is a five-minute vote. Get five minutes on this one because maybe there will be a little bit of arm twisting. Because they can't just vote on the resolution. they got to suspend the rules to vote on it, which is one of those things that Chip Roy... And House lawmakers voting now on legislation... Uh, ...that Chip Roy of... Uh, Chlamydia Creek, Texas, said yesterday, Oh, that'll be a terrible thing. It'll be a real terrible thing. Veterans Affairs, Agriculture, Energy, Water, and Transportation, those will be funded through January 19th. Agencies covered by the other eight annual appropriations bills will be funded to February 2nd. The measure also includes a one-year extension of the Farm Bill program, and if approved, the continuing resolution would head to the Senate for consideration. Here in the House, a two-thirds majority needed for passage. That's a lot. Two-thirds. So this uh, five-minute vote has already gotten to two, 260, 263. Approaching two-thirds. And there's your two-thirds majority. Seventy-seven. Voting nay on this. Two, uh, two, uh, 76 Republic, eight, 79, 80 Republicans. And uh, uh, one Democrat just changed their vote from nay to yay. That means there's one no vote out there. Democrats just crossed 200 votes on the motion to suspend. Ten Democrats have yet to vote. Now it's nine. So it looks like the leadership of the Democratic minority, such as it is, it ain't much of a minority, is acting almost exclusively in concert. Only 116, well, now 117 uh, maggots have voted to suspend the rules. 
and keep the government afloat. Kay Granger earlier this afternoon alongside Rosa DeLauro discussed this measure, uh, the, the uh, continuing resolution. To be quite candid, Kay Granger is either exhausted or drunk. Stumbling and slurring all, uh, had her speech written for her, stumbling and slurring all over the place. Maybe that's why she's knocking off and not running again. They do seem to be having a pretty good time down there. All they need are a few martini glasses and, well, be happy hour. Still only 126 maggots voting to keep the uh, to pass the resolution so they can consider keeping the government open. Tells you a lot about Mullah Mike's <coughs> majority. <coughs> 91 mutineers voting nay. So it went back to two nay votes among the Democrats. On this vote, the yeas are 336, the nays are 95. Two-thirds being in the affirmative, the rules are suspended. The bill is passed, and without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. By the way, Darlene in Connecticut says, uh, I'm waiting for the maggots to break out in a fight during the House Voterama. They're on the verge of Aaron burring it. Now, now, there's other names we can use besides Aaron Burr. Oh, who were the clowns? Uh, one, one, one guy, an abolitionist, was about beaten to death by a, 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 a seditious... A seditious uh, member from what South Carolina stand was it things are getting tense there in both houses they potted down the mic I must have missed that. Darlene says, don't tell me you didn't hear about McCarthy's battery of Tim Burchett while the latter was doing an interview interview with NPR. And then during the Midas Touch report about the alleged altercation, there was a threat of fisticuffs in the Senate. 
during a committee hearing where Chair Bernie Sanders had to play grandpa and stop a fight from happening between the ranking maggot and one of their witnesses, their own witnesses. It's almost too much to keep up with. The arsonists really do have a taste for fire, don't they? They want to burn this government to the ground. The maggots. Now, what is this? altercation broke out on Capitol this is the Midas touch when report. the former Republican Speaker Probably of the House, about. Kevin McCarthy, intentionally elbowed and assaulted MAGA Republican Congress member Tim Burchett. Now, Ben, Let's that's a battery, not Tim an assault. Burchett about what went down when he was assaulted by the former Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. Play the clip. Explain to us what happened with you and Kevin McCarthy. Well, I was doing an interview um, with... Um, Claudia from NPR, uh, a lovely lady, and when she was asking me a question, and, and at that time I uh, got elbowed in the back, and it kind of caught me off guard because it was a clean shot to the kidneys, and I turned back, and there was there was Pissed a myself a little bit, and um, and I, I for a minute I was kind of what the heck just happened, and then I um, you know I, I chased after him. Of course, he's a as I've stated many times, he's a he's a bully with seventeen million dollars and a security detail. You know, he's the type of guy that, when you're a kid, would throw a rock over the fence and run home and hide behind his mama's skirt. And he just, you know, he, he, uh, Ooh. from behind, that kind of stuff. It, you know, that's not the way we handle things in East Tennessee. We, we if we have a problem with somebody, I'm going to look him in the eye and, and talk to him. Okay, so he walked down the hallway. We have a problem with East Tennessee. I'm going to look him in the eye and shoot him with my great grandpappy's squirrel musket. Yeehaw! Hit you in his al- with his elbow. Yeah, you, you can you can go on Claudia's Twitter account. It, it, it pretty much is approval of the journal, which the chair will put de novo. The question is on agreeing to the speaker's approval of the journal. Those in favor say aye. Those opposed say no. In the opinion of the, air, the chair, the ayes have it, and the journal stands approved. Chair will receive a message. Mr. Speaker, a message from the President of the United States. Mr. Speaker. Madam Secretary. I am directed by the President of the United States to deliver to the House of Representatives a message in writing. I mean, I kind of... Is it a Xerox of Joe Biden's middle finger? No, no, no. Stop the malarkey, maybe? 
Interesting little moment of theater, though. The secretary, who delivered the message, upon being recognized by the chair, bowed to the chair. Pursuant to House Resolution 864 and Rule 18, the chair declares the House and the Committee of the Whole House on the State of the Union for the further consideration of H.R. 5894. Will a gentleman for, from Virginia, Mr. Whitman, kindly take the chair? Tag, you're it. The House is in the Committee of the Whole, House on the State of the Union, for further consideration of H.R. 5894, which the Cork will report by title. A bill making appropriations for the Departments of Labor, Health and Human Services, and Education, and related agencies for the fiscal year ending September 30, 2024, and for other purposes. When the Committee of the Whole rose earlier today, Amendment Number 76, printed in Part B of House Report 118-272, offered by the gentleman from Arizona, Mr. Biggs, had been disposed of. Okay. The committee will be in order. It is now in order to consider Amendment Number 78, printed in Part B of House Report 118-272. For what purposes does the gentleman from Pennsylvania seek recognition? Mr. Chairman, I have an amendment at the desk. The clerk will designate the amendment. Amendment number 78, printed in Part B of House Report number 118-272, offered by Mr. Perry of Pennsylvania. Pursuant to House Resolution 864, the gentleman from Pennsylvania, Mr. Perry, and a member opposed each will control five minutes. The chair recognizes the gentleman from Pennsylvania. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This amendment has the funding for the taxpayer-funded activists at the National Labor Relations Board. The National Labor Relations Board is supposed to to prevent and remedy unfair labor practices committed by private sector employees, employees employers, and unions. Unfortunately, under the Biden administration, the NLRB has been filled with labor activists who seek only to empower union bosses at the expense of employees, employers, and consumers. Not union members. The recent actions represent substantial executive overreach to implement a radical agenda so toxic that it could not be achieved by this administration when they had both chambers of Congress or by the Obama administration with a filibuster-proof majority. The fact that this agenda... So basically we're back to the miserable bullshit of the maggots. The... Laddered continuing resolution is passed, and now that everybody's left the floor, we're back to considering dipshit amendments from the likes of Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, and once again we ask, what the hell is wrong with the people in his district? Notice how he said the NLRB advances the the, uh, desires of union bosses. 
union members. It's actually the union, you know, members. The NLRB is there to keep the bosses from the real bosses, the money, the capitalists, from running roughshod over working people. But you know that. Let's go back to this uh, uh, little moment of madness as Tim Burchett was speaking, and then shit got loose on the in a committee hearing in the Senate. It, it's, it's very accurate. But, okay, so then just explain. So you chased him? What, what do you mean you chased well, him? I just ran after him. I was like, what the heck? You know, why'd you do that? You know, because it was, uh, like I said, it, if you've ever been hit in the kidneys, do it's what? a little, little different. You don't have to hit very hard to cause a little bit of pain, a lot of pain. And and so I, and he just, of course, um, as he always did, does, he just uh, denies it or uh, blames somebody else or something, you know, and it was just a, little heated, but I just backed off because there wasn't any, I saw no reason. I wasn't gaining anything from it. And Wait, then so everybody saw it, so it didn't really matter. Like he responded to you? Yeah, yeah, he just acted like, you know, what are you talking about? You know, who are you? To, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just, you know, I think that's that's symptomatic of the problems that he, he's had in his short tenure as speaker. This is interesting, though. We go back to Rosa DeLauro. Cuts who's going to gut Scott third. Perry that like a carp? For people's information, the lowest nominal appropriation since 1999, and the lowest appropriation in real terms in at least five decades, 50 years. A further reduction would mean mass furloughs, reduction in force, and the closure of field offices. In terms of scale. A $100 million cut equates to total compensation for more than 500 FTEs. That's roughly 40% of the NLRB workforce. I guess that's where you all want to go. Combined with the $99 million cut in the base text, the agency would lose roughly 80% of its staff capacity. Case processing would grind to a halt, even as the agency faces a backlog following last year's 10% 10% increases in case intake. Let's talk about cases. Let's talk about unfair labor practice. We should, we should ignore unfair labor practices, according to the majority. We should not concern ourselves with employers who ignore collective bargaining rights, because quite frankly, I don't believe the majority believes in collective bargaining rights. That really thwarts economic policy. That leaves people on their own, people who are living paycheck to paycheck, whose work, who's fundamentally concerned with their cost of living. We just make it worse for them. But I believe that this follows a Republican philosophy, anti-worker, anti-union, anti-working family. It really about sums it up, and that's what sums up this amendment. I urge my colleagues to vote no on this amendment, and I reserve the balance of my time. The gentlelady from Connecticut reserves. The gentleman from Pennsylvania is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And I do applaud the, the chairman of this committee for, for making the cuts to the NLRB that he has made. Yeah, it's just a pity that we still got an NLRB, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, back to the, uh, 
titanic shenanigans between Tim Burchett and Craven McCarthy. Peace ensued. Burchett's back was to McCarthy and his detail walking by in the hallway, then the lunge. Burchett responded jokingly as McCarthy kept walking, quote, Sorry, Kevin, didn't mean to elbow, then seriously yelled, Why'd you elbow me in the back, Kevin? Hey, Kevin, you got any guts, Kevin? Burchett then looked back at me and said, Jerk, referring to Kevin McCarthy. I asked if he had done that before. Burchett said no. That's when the chase ensued. Burchett took off the after chase. McCarthy and his detail. I chased behind with my microphone. Rep Timber. It goes on like this. They're, 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 they're completely out of their tiny freaking minds. Oh, and, and, and just another little thing. This is fresh today. The Associated Press reporting that Mullah Mike today officially endorsed Julius Geezer for the presidency of the United States. I wish I was kidding. But why would I be? This is typical just just typical Mullah Mike. He said, I have endorsed him. This is on CNBC. I have endorsed him wholeheartedly. And a little bit later he said, I'm all in for President Trump. Well, we... We know why Mullah Mike's speaker, don't we? No, this this is a thing that really happened. Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma, Stan. You might recall that Mark Wayne, whose parents really couldn't decide on a name, was the one who dropped the dime on what a skeevy shitbird Matt, it just gates worse is because Matt uh, Mark Wayne, I get them all confused. Mark Wayne was a member of the House of Representing back when Matt, it just gates worse, was bragging about snorting rails of Viagra and chasing it with Red Bull so he could make the ficky fick all night. Well, Mark Mark Wayne is real butch. Okay, he, he is. He's real butch. And he got into it in a uh, Senate committee hearing. 
with Sean O'Brien, who's the president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, and challenged him to a duel. Yeah, as to Tim Burchett, Stephen New York, and this could be equally applicable. Tim Burchett, oh yeah, I'll meet you in study hall and recess. And uh, Matt in San Francisco adding workplace violence. Who among us can say we haven't elbowed our co-workers in the kidney from behind? Oh, everyone. No, noted. So this was the scene between the president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters and a pissant Republican senator from a shithole state, too wet, Oklahoma stand. Uh, Force work states. I sure remember working pretty hard in long hours. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. We missed a minute of that. Mark Wayne was uh, waxing waxing rhapsodic back to the the Halkin days when the Calliope was playing and he was a hard-working, young, hard-working worker. What um, Mr. O'Brien just said about right-to-work states versus uh, forced work states. I sure remember working pretty hard in long hours. Wait, it's right-to-work state versus forced work states? I think their messaging fell a little short on that one, don't you? Uh, right-to-starve states, right-to-work-for-less right to be entirely defenseless against employers. You know, unions don't like right-to-work states because unions are made up of working people who like to be paid a living wage. And that's what doesn't happen in right-to-work states. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quit. The Tough Guy Act and these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. Is that your solution? Every poll. No, no, sit down. Oh, my God. Mark Wayne Moe. Sean O'Brien told him to stand his butt up, and he stood his butt up. And the rest of him, apparently. Sit down. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Oh, okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Hold it. Hold it. If we can't, no, I have the mic. I'm sorry. This is what he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? No, you can't. (laughs) This is a hearing. And God knows the American people have enough of contempt. But Congress, let's not I don't make like it worse. Thugs and you, you have, and you have I don't like you because you just described yourself. Yeah, hold it. You have the mic. Yeah. You have time. All make right. Your statement. Then let's do this because I did challenge you and I accepted your challenge, and you went quiet. No, I didn't go quiet. I was. No, I was. No, no, you no, challenged no. me to a cage match, no, no, acting no, no. like a twelve-year-old schoolyard bully. Excuse Sir, me. Hold it. No, excuse me. I, I will mic. say. I will say exactly. Senator Mullen, I have the mic. You have questions on any economic issues, anything that said, go for it. We're not here to talk about physical abuse. You brought. We're not talking in. about. Of course, and, I and let me tell, let me show you his hearing because I want to I want to expose this thug to who he is. And you know, point. I, I want to expose this thug to who he is. 
should he get your name out of his voice, Mark Wayne? To me, that's disrespectful. Right. I don't care about respecting you at all. I, respect I don't respect you I respect. at all. So all right, hold let me, it. Let me, let hold me. it. No. Y'all want. Don't make Bernie have another heart attack, y'all. No, hold it. The most hold it, please. Acted. Please. All right. This is a, excuse me. Mm -hmm. This is a hearing to discuss economic issues. All right. If you have questions for Mr. O'Brien or anybody else on what he has said, go for it. I mean, but we're not here to talk about fights or I'm, anything else. I think Mark Wayne Mullen needs to write maybe a thousand times on the blackboard, Bart Simpson style. I will not try to pick a fight with the head of the fucking Teamsters because I've got two brain cells to rub together. But then again, maybe we're assuming the brain cells. Oh, dear God. Okay, Lee. Cowbell. Mark Wayne was named after their favorite author, his parents' favorite author, Mark Twain. They were bad at spelling. <laughs> oh, way to work it in, Steve. Mark Wayne, this is Jim Harbaugh-level whining. Now, I did not see Mark Wayne stealing any signs. Be nice. Steve pointing out... Old Mark Wayne is a fucking bully, and the head of the Teamsters just put his finger in his eye. It was a beautiful moment. And I don't... <laughs> Something tells me that if this had gone... If, if this had gotten uh, any further out of hand, it would have turned into that old bit about the time when uh, Richard Pryor decided to mouth off at... Jim Brown, you know, Richard was kind of wasted and said he would kick Jim Brown's ass. And Jim Brown said, well, that's just an ass kicking I'm going to have to take. And Richard Pryor described turning to his friends and said, don't none of you let go of me. Don't you do that because he'll kill my ass. Ah. <sighs> Right-to-work states, Steve says, I prefer the term anti-democratic workplace state. It's a bit of a mouthful, but it's also true. Did Mark Wayne Mullen recently have to go on the little blue pill or something? Uh, is, his, is, his, is he feeling his manhood challenged? Are, are, are uh, Kevin McCarthy and Tim Burchett going to meet on the field of honor with rubber chickens at five paces? <laughs> Steve from Georgia's 10. Freedom! Spelled F-E-F-R-E-E-D-U-M-B. That's either a sucker punch or an elbow shove. Thank you, Steve. This is one of the most titanic 
of all Titanic Tuesdays. I mean, there's Mark Wayne, and his orange god emperor is just getting deeper and deeper and deeper into his own demise. The government's not going to shut down, at least it looks like. Tommy Tuberville is is make is making the entire Republican Party look like garbage. You know, military hating garbage, not just regular garbage. And when Bernie Sanders has to tell a Republican senator, you're in a, a United States senator. Act like it. The problem is the history of this country suggests that, in some senses of the word, Mark Wayne was acting like a United States senator. He was, in particular, acting like a United States senator somewhere around 1840 from, you know, an enslaver state. And, and and I guess his I guess his uh, his his honor is a bit prickly. Stop that. In so far as remember, he got mad mad at Matt Gates for pointing out, for saying that uh, Christy Nome, who who Mark Wayne told us all was a good Christian woman, uh, was a hottie, whom he Matt Gates would like to stop. Of course it. Later, learned that, well, Christy is not quite as chaste and Christianly pure as she would like for others to think. Her hubby having moved out of the governor's mansion a couple of years ago, and her swanning around as recently as this past weekend with Corey Lewandowski. For all I know, doing the can-can on the Champs-Élysées. Mark Wayne, Steve in New York, trying to sort this all out. Let's break this down, shall we? An actual senator is at a hearing complaining about a witness's tweets. Well, unfortunately, Steve, there's a history of that, because remember, uh, Joe to the mansion born, soon to be not the senior senator from the state of West Virginia, uh, has uh, refused to confirm actual nominees made by the President of the United States over their mean tweets. Uh, Mark Wayne, may I call your attention to the end zone of the stadium there in the New Jersey Meadowlands? and Who is said to be in it? How he got there? Not saying, Mark Wayne, just saying. Uh, he... 
chaos is reigning. So, yesterday, Monday, the 13th, a heretofore seldom heard of member of the House of Representatives, representing Pat Fallon of Texas, uh, initially said that uh, he, he was going to uh, run for State Senate District 30, which is uh, where he was in the Texas Senate before uh, he rose to the House after Nitwit Nero had appointed, remember him, John Ratcliffe to be Director of National Intelligence with no actual intelligence whatsoever. And speaking to the Texas Tribune, Fallon said... uh, At the end of the day, the decision came down to, if we lose Texas, we lose the nation. It's just terribly important to ensure that Texas has written a great success story, and I want to keep moving that forward. And so instead of, and and then today, instead of vacating his seat in the House of Representatives in the Congress to go back and sit in Senate District 30 in Texas, Fallon changed his tune and decided that uh, he would stay, try to stay in his seat in the 4th Congressional District of Texas. After all, which in turn through Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick uh, into a, a into a whirl because Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who you will remember, advised Texas senior citizens to sacrifice their lives for the good of the Texas economy back during COVID. Uh, Dan Patrick had already endorsed Fallon's campaign for the 30th Senate District seat and said, well, "He's always been a solid member of the legislature here in Texas." But it's worth remembering that Pat Fallon is not the sharpest fork in the toaster. A couple of years ago, he went after the Southern Poverty Law Center because he saw a story somewhere online, hint, it wasn't real, it was satire saying that the Southern Poverty Law Center had classified veterans groups as hate groups. Anybody with half a brain would know that that would not be what the the, the mission of the SPLC is. But representing Fallon is apparently right simple. Because earlier this year, he also accused people who heckled his uh, his his fanboy cosplaying about the Second Amendment and said that they were staging an insurrection. <sighs> They're a mess. 
What's that, Scary Jerry? Maybe I have DJ brain. But when you were playing the congressional natherings and grumblings, uh, my Robin in the background was invaded by this drop. And Mark Mark Twain need another cowbell for that too. Agreed. Agreed. It, what uh, Scary Jerry has in mind is as follows. No, Brad. You know, Pulp Fiction is one of those films that's a gift that just keeps giving. English, motherfucker, do you speak it? (laughs) Yes, yes, that great philosopher. Um, Dave in the Blind with a note. Consenting adults. Uh, these two yahoos were going to be consenting adults in front of Bernie in front of the whole goddamn Senate committee. Kinky. Oh, and by the way, my money's on the Teamster president because he knows how to fight. Signed your friend, Dave the Blind. I would not pick a fight with the president of the Teamsters. I just wouldn't do it. Because, you know, functioning brain cells. Fighting boys, Matt in San Francisco says... And they say women are too emotional to be in leadership. Well, Mark Wayne may be on his period. God. Uh, This is interesting. Namely, yet another Republican, or former Republican. I guess he's still a Republican. He's just out of Congress now. Upon uh, the news that Fonnie Willis's investigators were told by uh, Jenna, uh, uh, Jenna Ellis, that Nitwit Nero was refusing to leave office. And that's uh, that's that it's it's a video video statement that they took. Janet Ellis said that she had a conversation with senior Trump White House official Dan Scavino somewhere around December 19th, 2020. And she said, I emphasized to him, I thought the claims and the ability to challenge the election results were essentially over. And uh, Scavino said, the boss is not going to leave under any circumstances. We're just going to stay in power. Alice said, and I said to him, well, it doesn't quite work that way, you realize. And he said, we don't care. We don't care. And I, I suspect this is part of her promise to truthfully testify in the upcoming case in Fulton County. 
So that led Adam Kinzinger, upon hearing the news, to write, Holy cats! Trump is done! Uh, from his mouth to God's ear. But a little bit of mm, unsettling information via Reuters today. Stand by. Now, uh, Fonnie Willis, um, speaking today about the trial in Fulton County, said, I believe the trial will take many months, and I don't expect that we will conclude until the winter or the very early part of 2025. This was at a, an event hosted by the Washington Post. Bonnie Willis went on and said, I'm not worried about it. I'm worried about it. I, I, I don't consider it an election cycle or an election season when I bring cases. And she does not like the leak of the, uh, of the video of Jenna Ellis, among other things. And filed an emergency motion today to make sure that people involved in the case don't make evidence public. What she said directly was, I'm not happy it was released. 2025. Going to take that long. Well, if he's the only one sitting at council table... Maybe. Uh, Steve in Georgia, from Georgia Stan, subject line. The whole shithouse is going up in flames. LMAO, love the Pulp Fiction soundbite. Let's see where we're at. This is succinct, Steve. Mark Wayne's challenging a Teamsters president on the Senate floor. By the way, you don't want to mess with the Teamsters. It usually does not end well, asked Jimmy. Kevers kidney shots a congressman, Tim Burchett, and then denies it. Nitwit Nero's quoting Hitler almost verbatim. This would almost be comical if it wasn't so damn serious. We could be on the precipice of full-blown fascism. I have no doubt that that's where we're going. If he gets back in, who's going to apply the brakes? By the way, we are uh, trying to finish off Ralph's 
total idiot challenge, uh, the White House official speaking to Jonathan Carl and referring to Nitwit Nero in those totals uh, terms, a complete idiot. We've got $15 to go on Ralph's challenge, and that'll get us down to uh, 1050 to go in terms of funding, which would mean we would be uh, $150 away from having this past Thursday fully funded. The Horn community tonight, Stephen New York says, has taken a double dose of snark pills. Well, sometimes you have to. Some people are born to greatness, or snarkiness in this case. Others have snark thrust upon them. And I'm generally not a big fan of Piers Morgan. But uh, for once, he actually sounded somewhat vaguely remotely like a, something resembling a journalist. I'm not going to go that far. But he did an interview with Sporkfoot. Hey, uh, Steve, thank you very much. Steve from Georgia Stan, all-around great guy. We're $5 away from Ralph's challenge now. Thank you so much, Steve. At any rate, Piers Morgan had Sporkfoot on and interviewed for an interview and actually challenged her? I mean, cherish this for the moment that it is. Welcome back to our sense. Thousands of people rallied in Washington today against surging anti-Semitic attacks since the Israel-Hamas conflict began. Incidents in the U.S. have spiked by nearly 400%. People from all over the nation have traveled to the March for Israel, which also demanded the release of hostages taken by Hamas. We're from Washington. I'm joined now by Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, whose new book, called MTG, is out soon. Well, welcome, MTG. Um, you are a very... Hi. Thank con- you for having me on. No, my pleasure. You're a very controversial character. You're welcome. Depending who I talk to, they say you're an absolute firebrand the female Donald Trump. Others say you're a conspiracy theory whack job. How do you plead? <laughs> well, I'm only controversial because people like you made it that way, Piers. And that's Me? why I wrote my what book, MTG. What have I done? <laughs> uh, people, people in your industry, they created a character of me that doesn't exist. A character and of her. And so I wrote my book, MTG, so that I could tell my country and tell the world. Wow. Get that character out of your voice, Piers Morgan. You know, the back, the, 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 the stupid back references to Nimrata Haley just keep piling up. But then you've got, you've got Sporkfoot here. Created a character of her. I think the word she's looking for is caricature. I could, of course, be wrong. Kind of like Craven and Craven yesterday. Which sounds like a really shitty law firm. Call us at Craven and Craven. 
exactly who I am and what my real views are, which are not radical. They are not controversial. They're actually very American. Controversial. They represent the views of not only my district, but most okay. Americans who so, are sick and tired of being sold out by Washington. So you never promote ridiculous conspiracy Selled theory. out? Get, but, oh, well, oh. if you mean by Russian collusion. Uh, hold on. This is just an art of word-knowing smorgasbord. They represent the views of not only my district, but most okay. Americans who so, are sick and tired of being sold out by Washington. So you, yeah, sold out. Took She's sick and tired, y'all, of being taken for an idiot. Uh, thank you to Steve in New York, and thank you to TJ. Uh, we are now down to 1035, so we got 135 bucks to go to finish off last Thursday. Thank you so very much. You never promote ridiculous conspiracy theories. Well, if you mean by Russian collusion, absolutely not. Those are the conspiracy theories and the lies of the Democrats and the media. Well, I agree with you um, about so Russian no, I collusion. Never promoted those. I agree with you about that. It was ridiculous. I said so at the time. Well, there was, was no, yeah. No, and we were born out. But for example, I want to play a clip from a guy called Bassem Youssef. He was known as the Arab John Stewart. Uh, and I interviewed him recently about the, the war, and he said this about you. The saddest thing that I saw is the people that were in so much support of Israel are anti-Semite themselves. MTG, 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 uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, she said like, oh, those are, I send my aides, and they took pictures of the protesters. Basically, she's surveilling protesters. and. Marjorie Taylor Greene is very known for a very famous post in 2018 where she blamed the California wildfires on a Jewish space laser gun. Now, you did, uh -huh. didn't you? Because I've read that post. I went and got it, and I read it. Uh, November 17, 2018, you posted a long thing on Facebook that was just complete gobbledygook. I mean, you made out that yeah, the, the Rothschilds... I, I talk uh, about Jewish space... Pitch. Pitch the book, pitch the book, Sporkfoot. Do you admit that that was a lunatic? something I never said. No, excuse well, really me, Pierce. I never said that phrase. That was a lie about me. If you read my original Facebook post, I never said it. And that's why I had to write this book, because people like you and whoever that guy was, it sounds like one of the trolls in my social media, yeah. uh, attacking me and calling me names when he's never met me. I, um, I'm not anti- I, Nobody, he doesn't want to meet you. His religion forbids him from being around unclean things. I'm not even religious, and I'll sign on to that proscription. I'm not Semitic at all. I support Israel, and I am outraged at Hamas attacking innocent Israeli citizens, yeah, women, Marjorie, children, I'm not calling slaughtering you, babies. I'm not calling you anything. I'm just saying that you did post this uh, crazy post. Basically alleging I, that... You know, I know, no, you know, the media lied about it, and that's why I wrote my book, Piers, because I'm setting... I've just read it! I told them we've already got one. <laughs> ...the record straight, and I hope people order my book at mtgbook.com. It's a <laughs> well, great it's a read. People need to know exactly who I am, who I am, and what I really believe in. It's, it's a very good plug for the book, but you did suggest in this post, which I've read very carefully, you did suggest that the California wildfires at the time had been started by PG&E in conjunction with the Rothschilds using a, a, a space laser in order to clear room for a high-speed rail project. They're your words, not mine. 
Well, you know, people have twisted my words nonstop, and I guess that's what you're going to continue to do. But we're working hard in America to straighten out our problems. I don't even like him, and he's not twisting anything in this case. Did she say Jewish space lasers? No. She used code. PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric. Anybody who lives in California knows. I mean, they, they, they do have a, they, they've got a track record of burning some cities. But in conjunction with the Rothschilds, which is anti-Semitic maggot speak for the Jews. Surprised she didn't work George Soros in there. Uh, right, Brother Deacon. Uh, I, I've been with MTG on this on, the, on this one since day one. MTG never said Jewish space lasers. She said they were secular space lasers operated by the Rothschild family. Please, for the love of sweet feathery baby Jesus, get this one right. And come on, Brother Deacon. The Rothschilds are. Go ahead and type it. The Jews. Yeah, words mean things. Are, are, are there any forest fires starting? Oh, thank you. Yes, I know. Internet latency. There's Brother Deacon Asa. The Jews. Yeah. But let's ignore, and I don't know, this could go for a while. Let's ignore the Rothschilds for a moment. Are there space lasers of any sort that can start forest fires on Earth? Anybody? Work with me? Talk to me. No, there are no space lasers that can start forest fires on Earth. A cloaked Klingon battlecruiser is not in orbit zapping redwoods. Problems. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You're doing a great job of it, Piers, and that's what you and your colleagues do all the time. Marjorie, I just don't. I, I don't handle have, it. I don't deal with it, and I cast it to the Marjorie, side. I have um, your, you know, there's have a lot of issues here. happening that we could talk about. I'm going to we come to those. We could talk about. But before we before okay. we move on, though, you have to just accept what you wrote yourself, don't you? You deleted it. You obviously you were embarrassed well, by it. That would be like that would be like me asking you to accept the fact that you defended prisoners at Guantanamo Bay, but never say anything about January 6th defendants who are having their rights abused. No, that's nothing like that whatsoever. And are rotting away in solitary confinement here rotting in our away. country, and especially in the D.C. jail. You know, if we're going to talk about each other's, are they? Are they? Are, I'm curious. Are the Political hostages of January 6th rotting away in D.C. jails. Are they, are they really? And if they're in solitary confinement, have they gotten to the rubbing their own feces on their skin portion of the program? Because we did have that Supreme Court of the United States case 
and yesterday's program discussing, yes, the fact that a young man was kept by the Illinois Department of Corrections or whatever it is in solitary confinement for, oh, eight years, and that they broke his brain, which was already not in the best of condition, and her favorite justices said, it's okay to do that. So, Marge, Sporkfoot, honey, call me when the, the, when the heroes of January 6th are doing poo-poo body paint, okay? Yes, David in South Carolina stand, three toes. Three, to- three toes read a book? No way. No way it would ever be banned in the Confederacy. <laughs> oh, the sun shines bright. No, no singing. Robin. Fundraising. Wait, what? Says Matt, uh, participating in the hive mind with David in South Carolina, Stan. She wrote a book? I doubt she's ever read one. Oh, now quit that. She has. I'm sure she has, or at least got the got the audio version of, I don't know, the, the protocols of the learned elders of Zion at the very least. Words, let's hold each other to account and to issues that really matter, yeah, not I, I, social media posts. Oh, well, there's another, okay, there's another, Jewish space lasers, asks Steve, or secular space lasers for that matter. Uh, clearly not, Steve in New York says, it was an Archelian battlecruiser, duh. There's always an Archelian battlecruiser. The only way to maintain order on this planet is to make sure that nobody knows they're there and that we think we're alone in the universe. (sighs) Quite the wonderful uh, Men in Black reference. I don't know what you're referring to on Guantanamo Bay, but what I would say about Guantanamo Bay is it's clearly ridiculous that America kept this open-ended camp where people were kept without trial, sometimes for more than 12 years. It's completely ridiculous in a civilised democratic society that you would do that. Now... Let's move on from my words. Well, in a, in a, in a civilized Democrat society, we shouldn't be holding Democrat society. American citizens she, that simply walk through what? the Capitol. Simply walk through the Capitol. A Democrat society. She can't even say a democratic society because she thinks it's politics and not just an adjective for rule by the people. It's a dirty word anyway, you Spell it, right? This is a master class on sporkfoot dipshittery. Grandmothers and mothers and veterans walking through the Capitol, never doing anything wrong. And they're except for the, you know, shitting on the floor, painting on the walls with it, stealing the occasional lectern or podium or flag or carrying a Confederate battle flag through the cat. None of that ever happened in Sporkfoot's world. Truly, she must be capable of folding space. Don't know about y'all, but in my book, Brother Deacon Asa says, when the chips are down, Ms. Three-Toe-Lay gets it done. Three-Toe-Lay. Oh. 
I, I think Steve in New York was right. It, y'all were just taking all the snark pills. Rotting away in jail and being persecuted by our Department of Justice well, me, and our government that well, is, has well, completely Marjorie, gone out of control. Marjorie, so if Marjorie. you're going to talk about one, we should talk about the Let's other. Let's talk about January 6th, by all means. I mean, I know what I witnessed with my own eyes, and it was a huge violent Oh, wait, mob. were you here? It was, sorry? Were you here? No, I watched it on television. You weren't here. Oh, I there was, was here. just like here. the moon landing. I, I was here. I was actually in the House chamber because I objected to Joe mm. Biden's electoral college votes. Yeah. Um, I'm very proud of that. I would object again today if but I you could. Did suggest and people, I was there. You did suggest that people use violence to, to thwart democracy, didn't you? Not, well, you mean like in 1776 when we beat your country? Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, we beat about? your country. No, I didn't talk about violence if on you January 6th. What I did talk about is objecting, using my constitutional duty that I have well, let me as a play member you of what Congress you said. to object to Here, fraudulent electoral let me play college what, votes. Let me play you what Absolutely, you said. Absolutely, I did let that. Let me play you what you said. Yes. Yeah, Sporkfoot, this is a professional broadcast operation. We didn't just invite you on. We have things waiting for you. You might think of them as perhaps traps. Yes, traps. We have laid traps for you. There are ambushes, and every time you take another spork-footed step, you're standing in one. Yes, there you are. Let's play what you said. Your own words. This is an important time in our history. We can't allow this just to just to be... Gone, you know, just to let it go. You can't allow it to just transfer power peacefully like Joe Biden wants and allow him to become our president because he did not win this election. It's being stolen and the evidence is there. The so there can be no peaceful transfer of power. So what's the opposite of peace? That's why we objected, Piers. That's yeah, why that's we why, objected. And, and that's why, Marjorie, a gigantic um, mob that of... I have as a member of Congress. Okay, but let me make you know, my point. You know, there was a law firm that tried to take me off the ballot, and they were laughed out of the courtroom let in Georgia. Let me make my point. And you were giving their talking points. I can't tell you how much people in Georgia would think and Let me give you ridiculous. my talking point, which is that a huge mob of people... Well, I mean, to be fair, people in her district in Georgia picked their teeth with their toenail clippings, so... Yeah, maybe they would think that she's winning. Uh, Theo, marginal trailer queen in the role of Mrs. Ann Elk. Oh, wow, Robin, are we sure this isn't a Monty Python restrike? Piers Morgan sounds like he's trying to get straight answers out of John Cleese at his loopiest. Cue naked organist interlude. Yeah. Okay, how fucking runny it is. Bring on the fromage de la belle France. Many of whom were violent crashed into the capital to try and thwart democracy. Wait, because, do you mean like because people you like, like you, Marjorie? People like writers? you said two things. You mean like the pro-Hamas no, no, rioters? No, no, no. God, she thinks she's so clever. Pro-Hamas rioters. Oh, I'm talking. I mean, those were Jewish people, Marge. Uh, Darlene in Connecticut with an observation. You realize her entire worldview view is, is is colored by victimhood. Don't, Darlene, don't you accuse her of being colored? She's white. <sighs> they came Jeremy in and Sick. occupied our Marjorie, capital Marjorie, on uh, October 18th. Marjorie, that Rashida answer, Tlaib Marjorie, herself led. Answer my question. No um, it wasn't our capital. It was the Capitol Office building for one, but... Nobody occupied shit, but we know that. So the ultimate question and is, 
what does one do when one has a spork foot in Congress? Yes, the, the seldom seen, but not seldom enough, Southern Appalachian Sporkfoot of Georgia. What does one do? Or does one not do anything? Does one look at the madness and say, well, keep talking, sis. You're doing great. Or does one recognize her for the threat to self-governance that she actually is? Hey, we're, we're in 2023, Pierce. Marjorie, answer we my question. We You've written a book in which you talk about these the things. Capitol, okay. And Rashida Tlaib Can I ask you it. a question? Uh, Can I? Let me sure, ask you the ahead. question. I want to ask the way two questions. Cracks. One, presumably when you say there could be no peaceful transfer of power, you mean there has to be some violent objection to it, which is exactly what we then saw on January the 6th. I didn't say violence. You I didn't said say, we, you're there putting can be words no in my mouth and I'm not going power. to let you do that. You said there no, no... peers, I'm not going to let you, you're lying. I'm not put, letting right. you put words in People my mouth that your... I never said. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. You want to know where the real election interference right. happened? Let it me happened ask you. with Hillary Clinton, Marjorie, Barack Obama, and Russian collusion. I'm not talking about that. I, 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 I swear, I didn't mean for this Titanic Tuesday to work out like this. I'm I'm one I'm about one IQ uh, one lost IQ point point away uh, from just going and seeing if I got some vanilla extract to put the swirly straw in. Jesus Christ! And I've agreed with you went about that. Hell for four I've years agreed with you. That. I've agreed with you about Russian collusion. Let's agree about that. But let's not agree about the stolen election. I told Donald Trump to his face, and he didn't like it, called me a fool seven times, that the election was not stolen from him. He has singularly failed to produce any actual hard evidence that there was any stolen election. Do you still believe that election was stolen? Piers, you're not even a voter in our country. No? And I can tell you right now, as a Georgia resident and a member of Congress, in Georgia, our Secretary of State illegally changed the laws. So did Wisconsin, so did Pennsylvania, to allow our states to be flooded with absentee ballots. We have cases in, flooded. in court today. You should look them up. Fulton County case. Why have These no are cases judges that are about to be heard the in the next stolen. few months, Piers. Excuse me. Marjorie, about oh, she's learned the excuse me trick from Daddy. Doesn't prove stolen. those cases. It wasn't Look, stolen. You can, you can think that all you want, but you live over in Britain. It's not just me I'm saying an American, it. I'm way, a Georgia voter. I... I'm an American, and I'm dumber than a bag of hammer, hammer handles. And I, I believe that the election was stolen. They done tooken it from us. I believe for every drop of rain that falls, a vote is stolen. <sighs> Anybody want to help me out here? I mean, really. God love you, Arnold. In PA, Arnold says, I am not putting whiskey in my coffee. I'd skip the whiskey. I'd skip the coffee and go straight to the whiskey. Forthwith. 
I'm a member of Congress. I've seen the evidence. Our election was stolen in 2020, and we are going to re-elect President Trump in 2024. We'll come to what you're going to do, but just for the record, I do have a home in America, and I spend a lot of time in America, and I have lived and worked in America for 20 years. I love America. I love Americans. I particularly love your democratic system, and I don't like to see elected officials in America, whether it's you or Donald Trump, pretending you had an election stolen when there is actually no evidence it was stolen. And in fact, many senior Republicans agree it wasn't stolen. I I hate to say that Piers Morgan could possibly even have a great moment, but, well, he's had a couple. And, And they're very similar, really. There's this moment... And then back in the dim mists of time, there was the <clears throat> interview <clears throat> that he did with Alex Jones. Yeah, he's generally a horse's ass. And I've got chapter and verse on it. We'll leave that go for the moment. But in those two instances, with two extremely similar personality types, just one with a voice a few octaves higher than the other, don't know if they share any steroid recipes, it's the same kind of bat shittery. If you aren't able to, if you aren't capable of, of believing the Prove truth, it in the that's your problem. And there's the, there's the, there, right there, there's the crux of the matter. If you're not capable of believing, believing, because Marge is a believer who believes things. And no one's quite explained to her yet that you can't walk into a court of law and tell a judge what you believe, and have that judge subsequently rule based on your beliefs absent any facts. And there aren't any facts. There are paranoid suppositions. She's still running around uh, parroting talking points that the Kraken lawyer, you know, Squidney, Powell, has already disavowed. The talking points that Jenna Ellis has disavowed. The talking points that Kenneth Cheesebro has disavowed. The allegations that Bill Barr to prosecution has disavowed. But she believes things. Oh my Lord, how her parents failed her. I have a feeling if we tried to come up with a list of all the people who failed Sporkfoot over the course of her life, it probably begins with mom and dad. Probably some grandparents in the mix. And every teacher she had from kindergarten all the way to whenever it was she dropped out. No, wait, she got a degree from the University of Georgia. Well, at least they're number one in the college football poll. She was failed every step 
along the way. And this interview, if that's what we will call this Babble Fest, is the proof. I mean, hell, you could probably play it in front of a mental hygiene commissioner and at least uh, get her calendar checked for a couple of days. Problem. Prove it in the courts. It is being proven. It it's is. not being proven the in the County courts. Case. Look up Georgia no cases. Court They're has in the courts right now. Election. Peers, don't lie to your viewers. You're there the, are Marjorie, cases I wouldn't right call now. you a liar. Oh, so you're telling me suitcases of ballots being pulled out from under the table? Marjorie, I yeah. don't think, I'm not... Those are all just Trump talking points. And Kraken Lawyer talking points and Rudy Giuliani Kraken uh, talking points, which he subsequently had to disavow. <laughs> okay, Emilio. Yeah, Robin, stop putting voices in her mouth's words. Yeah, Marge's opinions, Lee in New York, says uh, you have to cut her some slack about her understanding of what happens on planet Earth. She sees Earth from space laser altitude. Now, Lee included Jewish, but I, I, I want to I, I work for the sake of accuracy here. Jewish space lasers is what Lee said, but, you know, I, I, I try to stay on the right side of Brother Deacon Asa. And she did say that it was PG&E using lasers operated by the Rothschilds. So they were secular space lasers operated by the Jews. Just to be clear. Um, if it comes to it, let's agree in January 2025, Lou in PA says that the election was stolen from Trump. He thereby had two terms. So he can't serve as the next president, therefore Biden will have the uh, majority of effective uh, electoral college votes. Yes. Well, that's, that's, that's some serious uh, evil genius level uh, cogitating, Lou. Proud of you. The only reason we're going to get to the end of this clip is I just want to, I want to see if Pierce Morgan will cast his stolid, stayed, stiff up a lip British uh, shtick aside and say, oh, you're a blooming idiot. Have you watched the video? Stacks of ballots being put through the machines, counted over and over. Marjorie, as I said to Donald Trump, I'm not saying you're lying. I'm just saying produce the evidence because no court in America has so far established any evidence that that election was stolen. It's for the birds. It's cloud cuckoo That's stuff. because those cases All right. were dismissed on standing, but we have cases coming. For the birds, cloud cuckoo stuff isn't quite up there with, you're a blooming idiot, but it's close. I mean, up, Pierce, pay attention so that if you I'm really want attention. your viewers to know the truth, if you prove pay me attention wrong, to these cases okay. happening right now. Let's have a but bet. let's talk. Do you have anything in 2023? Yes. Because we've done yes. January 6th stolen election. Yes, I do. Okay, what do you got? Uh, here's I've what got I've a got. Book. How about my book? Hey, MTG. Okay. This is let's going to be great. Book. MTGbook.com. Let's talk and about your book. You've plugged it enough. You've plugged it enough. Let me ask you. Is Donald Trump going to win the election? 
Absolutely. He's blowing it out of the water. The primary is a joke, and he is winning poll after poll on the general election. And if he gets convicted of one of the myriad criminal offences he's been charged with, and it's if, I'm not saying when, if, if he is convicted and he gets a jail sentence, will he be president from a prison cell? Absolutely. People are going to vote for him even if he is in jail. Will he be pre will he be president from a prison cell? Absolutely. Uh, Marge, that was not the answer we were looking for, hon. I would vote for him even if he's in jail because we have communism in our country, peers. We have the Biden administration. Marge, you would you you, you would vote for him if he was trying to chew his own toes off, honey. You might even try to get in there and get a bite for yourself. That is using the Department of Justice like the campaign arm of the Biden campaign. It's it's un. Wait, the campaign arm of the bride of the Biden campaign. Sometimes it's difficult. Uh, Stephen New York asked. Do you think she actually believes this shit? She has a series of statements that she says in response to certain words she hears. I mean, yeah, it's true. The, the Mr. Golden Hair out in the living room, you have to be careful so because he has very good hearing, responds in a certain way. When one of us looks at him and says, who's a good boy? Who's a very good boy? Who's the best boy in the world? And he'll bark and say, me, 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 I am me. And not to hearken back to the bloody reign of Caligula in the Roman Empire. How often do you think of the Roman Empire? Uh, and uh, the senator Incitatus the horse, but... I'm really impressed with the cognitive skills of this not-quite-two-year-old golden retriever. And I'm pretty sure that he could do a better job either speaking from the floor or in a committee meeting or simply casting a vote in the House of Representatives than anything Sporkfoot here has ever even essayed to accomplish. Unbelievable. And Americans know this. That's why people that are independents, Democrats, many voters are switching over to supporting okay. President Trump because they're seeing it for the first time in their lifetimes. OK, Marjorie, we've got to leave it there. It was a lively encounter. Come back again. Oh, yes, it was a lively encounter. Do come back again. Pip, pip, cheerio and all that rubbish. And meanwhile, Marge, having been completely eviscerated, is sitting there staring into the camera and grinning like a fox eating shit out of a wire brush. <sighs> At Lee in New York, will Trump be president if he was in jail? He fled the country? He was deceased? 
even if he was ever a Democrat? Well, them last ones, fighting words. And, and, and apparently, the nearer a power-hungry woman got to nitwit Nero, the loopier it got. Because there's a passage in Jonathan Carl's new book, Tired of Winning, in which he talks about what it was like to go to work every day And deal with the likes of Kali Maganini. Uh, he said, uh, the utter lack of response on such a critical day was so dumbfounding, he's talking about January 6th, that at 7.42 a.m. the next morning, I sent Maganini a, a message intended to note for history that a White House press secretary had been missing in action on a day that looms large in the history of the United States. For the subject line of my message, I wrote, Message to the National Archives. And he went on to say that he said that because of the operation of the Presidential Records Act, whatever anyone in the White House did or didn't do uh, on January 6th or to stop it would be forever preserved in history. And so, writing to Maganini, he said, the process of releasing them to the public will begin in 15 years. I almost Britished him up, sorry. Let the record show that throughout the extraordinary events of January 6th, multiple emails, text messages, and phone calls to the White House press secretary have gone unanswered. Well, she was probably over in the party tent dancing with uh, Kimberly Gargoyle to the uh, vocal stylings of... Gloria. She never responded. It, but that would mean that the, the, the everything will be released in 2036. Nitwit Nero will no longer be among the quick by then. Kali Maganini will probably be somewhere. I almost said something terribly catty. Um, apparently, Jonathan Carl did have some Good things to say about Sarah Matthews, the deputy press secretary, because of the testimony that she gave to the J6 committee. I couldn't believe we were arguing over this in the middle of the West Wing, talking about the politics of a tweet, being concerned with handing the media a win when we had just watched all of that violence unfold at the Capitol. And so I motioned up at the TV and I said, do you think it looks like we're effing winning?
and it looks like some other outfits are once again catching up with us way out in front of the curve. So far, it looks like we're on a straight, straight road. Over on the web, the, uh, the web platform formerly known as Twitter, Jake Sherman of Punchbowl News, who comes up with these names, said, the House has passed the stopgap funding bill, but Democrats saved him. More Democrats voted for this than Republicans. Republicans, yes, 127, no, 93. Democrats, yes, 209, no, 2. Sherman went on to say, catching up with us, dangerous territory for a GOP speaker. See McCarthy, Kevin. I'll add, but watch for the elbows. And points out again that the same rule is still in effect. One disgruntled member of the House can file a motion to vacate the Speaker. And I wonder if Mullah Mike thinks he got some sort of concessions that he isn't talking about. He seems like that kind of guy. Or if, uh, oh, I don't know, Chip Roy or Andy Biggs or Scott Perry or Tim Burchett, who seems to be in a fighting frame of mind, uh, might be might be uh, uh, stropping the razor and honing the long knives. It's unknowable. It was another bad day in Manhattan in Justice Ngoron's courtroom. A guy named Stephen Whitcoff had been disclosed as a witness for the defense. And he was going to talk about, and, and this goes to show the far-reaching impacts of this suit. Whitcoff was going to testify about financial documents relating to uh, Nitwit Nero's tacky golf motel at Doral. ABC News had the report. The defense, you know, counsel for the parking garage... was fixing to uh, inquire of Mr. Whitcoff about the documents until the Attorney General's office objected, arguments were heard, and Judge Ngoron said, objection sustained. Because what this was supposed to be is some sort of proof that somehow undervaluing the tacky golf motel at Doral, and, I, and and that is the one I think that had the 
bedbug problem, if you recall. Um, that they undervalued that so that it balanced any overvaluations anywhere else. That's some council. That council for the parking garage. And so Justice Ngoron asked Chris Kyes, the other bad lawyer, is it your position that if a financial statement has two assets, one uh, one is overvalued and one of which is undervalued, that if it balances out, there's no materiality? And Kai's rejoined, uh, it's highly extraordinarily relevant if there are assets that are undervalued. This drew objection from Andrew Amer, Assistant Attorney General. And Judge Ngoron eventually said, you know what, inconsistencies don't come out in the wash. And then said, I'm going subs- to sustain all objections linked to Doral. Because this is about accuracy, not, you know, getting it, figuring it out in the margins. So there goes another one of their law review worthy. Uh, celebrated defenses. And there's apparently... God, he's so pathetic. Man with a giant forehead, Matt, it just gets worse, has glommed on to the fracas between Craven McCarthy and Tim... Uh, great-grandpappy's Confederate squirrel rifle, Burchett. Today, Gates filed an ethics complaint against Craven, because apparently Craven and McCarthy, they hate each other. Gates, in his whining, said, Uh, This assault was witnessed by numerous people, including Claudia Griselli's of NPR, who was interviewing Representative Burchett at the time. Representative Burchett has described the attack as a sucker punch and a clean shot to the kidney. Did, did, Did you immediately pee blood or something, Tim? I mean, really? Not to de- not to suggest that I'm defending Craven McCarthy. I am not. <sighs> but oh my land. Gates continued and said, "Needless to say, this incident deserves immediate and swift investigation by the Ethics Committee." I uh, oh, we really do need that tinny whorehouse piano for this. 
I myself have been a victim of outrageous conduct on the House floor as well, but nothing like an open and public assault on a member committed by another member. I think I'd find another word besides member. The rot starts at the top. I request the House Committee on Ethics to proceed immediately with an investigation into the facts of today's incident, including interviewing under oath the alleged assailant and assailee and any witnesses. You poor baby. Matt Gates is the real, the real victim here. Because of course he is. And, you know, with fisticuffs nearly breaking out in the Senate, a sucker punch elbow shot to the kidneys, and the like going on, it would be easy to accidentally overlook another exchange today featuring House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer of Kentucky Stan, who got called out about some shady business dealings. There it is. Always is. Shady business dealings. With his brother. You see, James Comer and his brother are family farmers. The tender, the tender sprouts shooting their little green heads up through the soil. Where's the fife music? Where's the fife and drum corps music? Uh, and 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 apparently they've been. Comer and his brother have been engaging in some oh sketchy land swaps and Florida Democrat Jared Moskowitz called out Chairman Comer this could have easily gotten just as loopy. Strap in. This is, like I said, this is one of the most titanic, titanic, titanic Tuesdays we've had in a very long time. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. How are you doing today? Great. It's Thank good. you. You know, my Republican colleagues are so concerned uh, about budgets. You know, meanwhile, they can't keep the government open without Democrats. Right. You know, they're so concerned about all of these things. But look what they've done the last, you know, 11 months in power, just utter and complete chaos. And the one thing they want to talk to you about today is this FBI building. Well, I wonder who has texted them and emailed them to talk about the FBI building and the whole thing. That's it. You're here about this FBI building. I mean, could that be that Donald Trump is telling them to talk about this FBI building because he's just so mad at the Department of Justice? I mean, it just, it's so transparent. And, and by the way, I don't know if you know this, we have a, a war in Afghanistan, a war in Israel. We can't get Israel foreign aid because the speaker decided to politicize it. But they want to talk about furniture. 
Oh, what is that is definitely on the American people's mind, right? Right there with gas stoves and ceiling fans, other hearings we've had uh, in, in, in this committee. Um, the chairman Not mentioned something, actually. He said that the Biden administration can't have it both ways. And I agree with that, Mr. Chairman, um, which is why I'm happy to yield you some of my time today, Mr. Chairman, because I think you owe it to the American people to explain why you've gone on Fox News and told people that while the president was out of office, he, he had a loan with his brother, and in a way they were evading taxes. It has come out in the public that you also do business with your brother with potential loans. And so since you have framed that and manipulated that with the American people, that Joe Biden did something wrong when he wasn't in office, I just would like to know if you would like to use some of my time. I would love. I would love it. Okay. You retweeted that story. Completely false. I've never loaned my brother one penny. My father, who was a dentist, had some farmland. He died, and my brother couldn't afford. Can we take a moment? I just want to. I just want to parse that little statement. My father, who was a dentist, had some farmland, and he died. Was it the farmland that killed dentist Daddy Comer? Is 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 is, is there something about being a daddy dentist that makes farmland just naturally follow from it? My father, a dentist, had some farmland and he died. Daddy dentist out there buy fancy ass guitars. Daddy dentists out there buy cameras that real photographers could never even afford. Do that. Buy a Maserati. But for the love of God, don't buy no farmland, because that farmland will kill you deader than Pharaoh's cat. That's what will happen. Just, okay. He wanted to sell it, but he wanted to keep it in the family, so I bought it from my brother. That story that you tweeted also said I had a shell company. That is bullshit. You can come to Monroe County. <laughs> well, now, we use the brown word. So much for all of that vaunted collegiality and decorum. I swear they're going to be going after each other with canes soon, and after that it'll be the knives, and then they'll bring out the squirrel rifles. Uh, let's have a little pool. Who's who, who's going to be the first maggot to walk into a committee hearing, or the well of the house for that matter, whistling when Johnny comes marching home again? Or... Maybe just Dixie. You said I had shell companies. I ain't never had no shell company. We're farmers. We ain't, we, we ain't got nothing to do with no shells. I mean, every now and then when we get down to the beach and whatnot, you know, we'll buy a couple of them hermit crabs. They don't live long when you get them home. But we'll buy a couple of them hermit crabs, and you got to buy a couple of extra shells for them. But I didn't form no company to do it. That's bullshit. Or crab shit. And look at all the land that is titled in that LLC. I think 
that the problem is, you know, they tried to get the White House tried to get CNN to write that story. They went around and investigated all this bullshit that Ian Sams is trying to. That's two brown words. Only dumb, financially illiterate people pick up on and said that uh, it was a shell company because it was an LLC. They're so financially illiterate that you think because something says LLC, it's a shell company. This company, which I financially disclose, has properties. Okay. Well, okay. The company has properties, and it's apparently farmland. And and we don't know if there's a label on it that says could be deadly to dentists who are daddies. <sighs> My little pumpkin hate is hurting. It, by the way, going back to Marge for a minute, Ralph's pointed out, Marge had no clear clue that Piers Morgan was eviscerating her. No, no. For all intents and purposes, Marge embodies that phrase that I use on this program from time to time. She was staring into the camera like a cow looking at a new gate. Shell companies, Steve in New York says, hell no, our companies are only associated with sex clams. Oh my God, Steve. You get the really long one for that one. Cowbell. You get the really long cowbell for that one. <laughs> Our company. It's Kentucky Sex Clam Holden LLC. But really, I think I think I would be careful, uh, Jim Calmer, about telling Mr. Moskowitz that he's financially illiterate. I, I think I really would, because it might turn out that he's got some sort of highfalutin degree in lawyering or something that generally entails being financially illiterate. Maybe he's a certified financial planner. I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's not a pretty sure he's not a Kentucky farmer, Jim. It manages over a thousand acres of land for hunting purposes. It owns different properties. I'm one of the largest landowners in my home area. Okay, I went to the bank and I borrowed money. Tips the scale at 452 pounds. I didn't get wires from Romania, China. My family doesn't get wires. Okay, never loaned my brother money. Don't have an LLC. But you and Goldman, who is Mr. Trust Fund, continue to try Recla- to reclaiming my time. No, I'm Re- not Re- going to give you your time back. We can stop the clock. Re- you all continue to. You look like a Smurf here, just going around and all this stuff. Now, listen, Mr. Chairman, you no, have. No, I'm going to tell you no, no, something. Hold on, if we're, you if we're not on time, we you disinformation. You, you, you have you gone on TV and said the president did something you illegal. You're doing stuff with your brother. The American people have the same questions. Why should, they believe, you? Why should they believe you? Why should they believe you? Why should they believe you? There's, there's a different rule for you the president. There's a different rule for you. Why should they believe you what you're saying, Mr. Chairman? Why? You go on Fox News and say loans you and deals are a way to evade taxes. We don't know that's what you're doing or not. We don't know. 
We have no idea. We're supposed to take your word for it. But when the president says Well, you've says already been proven a liar, Mr. Moskowitz. What's that? You've already been proven a liar. Who's us. proven me a liar? You? Yes. Your word means well, nothing, Mr. Chairman. Go to my hometown. There's a camera crew there today, an opposition research crew there today. Mr. Chairman, this seems to have gotten under your, it seems to have gotten under your skin. I'll pay I mean, for your I, ticket. I, I, I think the American people have lots of questions, Mr. Chairman, and perhaps you should sit maybe for a deposition. I would. I will be questions. happy. I will sit with Hunter Biden and Jim Biden, and we can go over our LLC. That that'll be great. I'll, I'll make sure the hey, ranking member is happy that, that. that you'll we'll sit. Sure. You know, when a Confederate gets to the point where he's doing the thing, or and his voice cracks like he's re, like he's repubertizing, we can go over my LLCs. <sighs> yeah. Oh, let's see. Jared Moskowitz, thank you, Ralph, serving as the Horn Ad Hoc Jared Ross- Moskowitz Research Committee. Uh, 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 BA, political science, George Washington University, Juris Doctor from Shepherd Broad Law Center at Nova Southeastern University. I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, uh, uh, Mr. Comer here is want, has wandered into an unfair fight. He has taken a rubber chicken to a howitzer battle. Uh, who proved me? I, I did. Now, uh, Mr. Moskowitz, on January 3rd, 2023, he is a freshman. He succeeded Democrat Ted Deutsch. He's been with the Department uh, Division of Inter- Emergency Management. He has been an intern to Al Gore. He has been an advisor on COVID-19 response in Miami-Dade. And, yeah, I feel, I, I feel comfortable saying that uh, James Comer's overmatched. I'll pay for you to go to my county. I'm a large landowner. Uh, Yes, yes, that's right, Randy Radar. Sex clams trade on the Chicago Commodities Board. They do. They do. And, And the trade has been something less than brisk of late. It's been a bad year for sex clams down on the... Steve in New York, you damn troublemaker. Uh, Concerned, Matt in San Francisco says, anyone else concerned about our society? I mean, if these are the folks charged with figuring out our out solutions to our collective problems, I'm not feeling so great about our chances. Yeah, this is... uh, 
who was it, Ra, the character Ra in Platoon? Sorry, I got a bad feeling about this. I just got a bad feeling about this. But the bottom line is, is, is that James Comer is running around besmirching uh, the reputation of the President of the United States on an issue that his own wild-eyed, theocratic, weirdo, religious maniac speaker has said is not is no evidence for impeachment. And just remember, this was a this was an oversight committee hearing about the General Services Administration. And it turned into a hearing about James Comer's daddy, who was a dentist who owned some farmland, and he died. Let's sit at a table. Mr. All Chairman, right. I, I make a point of order that, that we should return to regular order uh, uh, for the benefit the, of the other the members. The ranking member are, makes a good point. I'll reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up quickly. All I'm saying, Mr. Chairman, is you may have done nothing wrong. No, but you tweeted no, but that I did. I'm, I'm reclaiming my time, Mr. Chairman. All I'm, there's a story out there, right, because we believe everything in the media, like when you go on Fox News and say things and everyone says that they're true with innuendos and ifs and maybe the Biden family, the crime family, all this nonsense. But when it happens to you, it's fake news. And what I'm saying is there so should you be the same. Oh, I'm proclaiming my time, Mr. Chairman. There should be the same standard. You said at the beginning of this hearing, the Biden administration can't have it both ways. Neither can you, Mr. Chairman. I yield my time back. Thank you. Um, I think that we I think we put that one in the Jared Moskowitz win column. He got the chairman of the House Oversight Committee to call him a smurf for wearing a blue jacket. He uh, uh, Jared Moskowitz got the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. To say bullshit in an open hearing twice when chairs of the House Oversight Committee going back God knows how far have probably never even managed to utter that barnyard epithet once. Some maybe didn't even think about it. But you're right, Matt, in San Francisco. We are in perilous times. This is who a country gerrymandered to hell and gone chose to let run the House of Representatives. And it is it does not inspire confidence. It does not even inspire restful tranquility. It doesn't inspire agnosticism. It inspires a sense of creeping, absurdist dread. Uh, Steve serving as the uh, adjutant member of the well, no, serving as the Horn Ad Hoc James Comer Research Committee. Uh, BS in Agriculture from Western Kentucky University. 
Well, I got the BS right. He said it twice. Not demeaning or diminishing the study of agriculture. In any way, shape, form, or fashion. Western Kentucky University is in Bowling Green. Which I always thought was just a lovely place. Blown away by a tornado a couple of years ago. But again, I think he's overmatched here. Because when you can needle him into using the language that he uses at home, but shouldn't be using in the Congress, then, or at least not in official committee hearings, and he can bellow and rage all he wants to in his office. But that was a that, that that seemed rather a pretty clear win. Um, that's true. Uh, back in the day, Lou in uh, PA, East Tennessee was very pro-union. It was. Theo, I'm sorry, I don't set out to do this. Subject line, and now an Andy Griffith comedy monologue on the House floor. Theo says, I'm on the raw edge of sanity here. This is the B-side of Andy's masterpiece. What it was was football. It was, right? Right? Please tell me I've not gone utterly mad. Well, you'd have to be on a dairy farm to go utterly mad. I'll let myself out. I'm sorry. And I'm trying really hard to stay away from some of the uglier, bloodier. But here we are. The IDF says that they have entered um, the Al-Shifa Hospital. There is said to be fierce fighting around those two, uh, around Al-Quds and Al-Shifa hospitals. The Israeli military operation seems to be focused on civilian buildings. I had a story earlier today. Palestinians dig mass grave inside Israeli encircled Gaza hospital. This is Reuters. Not some wild-eyed liberal rag or anything. Palestinians trapped inside Gaza's biggest hospital were digging a mass grave on Tuesday to bury patients who died under Israeli encirclement and said no plan was in place to evacuate babies, despite Israel announcing an offer to send portable incubators. 
To take them where? To take the babies where? Too many years ago to count, we had the fake incubator story. Iraqi uh, Republican guardsmen yanking little Kuwaiti babies out of their incubators and throwing them stories down out windows to be dashed upon the Kuwaiti streets below. There was never an ounce of truth to it. It was a shameless and bald-faced lie to try to gin up support for a little good old-fashioned American adventurism. This, though, this appears to be real. Snipers and drones are shooting constantly at the hospital compounds where some 650 patients may yet be and somewhere between five and 7,000 civilians trapped. 40 patients, according to the health ministry, have died in recent days. That includes three little babies whose incubators were knocked out. 25 out of 35 of the hospitals in Gaza are out of service. The UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres says that he is deeply disturbed by the dramatic loss of life in the hospitals. A spokesman for Guterres said, in the name of humanity, the Secretary General calls for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire. As to the mass grave, the spokesman for the health ministry, Ashraf al-Kidra, told Reuters there were about 100 bodies decomposing inside the hospital and no way to get them out. We're planning to bury them today in a mass grave inside the Al-Shifa medical complex. It is going to be very dangerous as we don't have any cover or protection from the ICRC, the International Community, uh, Committee of the Red Cross. The men are digging right now as we speak. After the three babies died in the incubator, incubators, that weren't incubators anymore, there are 36 babies remaining in the neonatal ward. They're lined up eight to a bed, these little preemies, and swaddled to keep them as warm as humanly possible. The Israeli military said that they, they were they, they, they had portable battery-powered incubators for moving the babies, but... 
Al-Kidra said so far no arrangements had been established to carry out any such evacuation. The occupation is still besieging the hospital and they are firing into the yards from time to time. Uh, then there's uh, Médecins Sans Frontières, who reported that shots have been fired today at one of its bases near, near Al-Shifa. That area is where Médecins Sans Frontières staff and their families and more than 100 people totally were trying their best to shelter away from the carnage. Doctors without borders, that's what it means. They ran out of, said they ran out of food last night. We've been trying to evacuate them for three days. MSF is asking the Israeli army and Hamas to provide safe passage. The primary risk at Al-Shifa now is from those aforementioned decomposing bodies. We are sure that all kind of infections will be transmitted. Today we had a little bit of rain. It was really horrible. Nobody could even open a window or just walk around the corridors with a really bad smell. Burying 120 bodies needs a lot of equipment. It can't be by hand efforts and by single person efforts. It will take hours and hours to be able to bury all these bodies. Recent surgeries have been accomplished by doctors without any oxygen present, which means there can be no anesthesia. And in the United States of America, the greatest country in the history of the world on earth, now, today, forever, in the universe under God, an elected oath-sworn senator from the state of Oklahoma offered to take it outside with the president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. And a former Speaker of the House still much aggrieved. By his ouster, allegedly threw a kidney elbow at one of the men who threw this country into chaos for weeks on end by taking that speaker out for having the temerity to do what the new speaker did just today and work in a bipartisan fashion to keep the gov government open. And in the House Government Oversight Committee, the chairman was thrown into a fit of vulgar umbrage and outrage when called on his manifest hypocrisy. By God, Matt, in San Francisco, you're right. This is getting 
This is getting poetic, and not in a good way. poem I have in mind is by William Butler Yeats. Gee, there are so many podcasts out there and so many live broadcasts. I wonder if any of the other ones are pondering William Butler Yeats' world-famous poem, The Second Coming. Turning and turning in the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart, the center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world, the blood-dimmed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned, the best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Surely some revelation is at hand. Surely the second coming is at hand. The second coming! Hardly are those words out when a vast image out of Spiritus Mundi troubles my sight somewhere in sands of the desert, a shape with lion body and the head of a man, a gaze blank and pitiless as the sun is mowing, moving its slow thighs, while all about it real shadows of the indignant desert birds. The darkness drops again. But now I know that twenty centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle. And what rough beast! Its hour come round at last. Slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. I should have studied accounting or something. Sometimes having little things like that tucked away in your noggin are something less than helpful. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. Can you imagine being a mother who has recently gone through the pains And the fearful passage that is childbirth. 
only to find out that your baby, born into the world's largest open-air concentration camp, needs an incubator. And then, because healing from birth is a slow process, and a, an exhausting process, to find out that your baby is caught in a crossfire born of perhaps the most ancient hatred on this entire planet. Can you imagine that? Because I cannot. The horror is entirely too great. and overcomes entirely all sense and sensibility. And this is why I resist this horrifying story. Because There will be no resolution none whatsoever until such babies can simply be born no more. And we are told that this entire conflagration began with the slaughter of babies. So an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a baby for a baby, or ten babies for one baby, or one hundred babies for one baby, or four thousand babies for forty babies. And the world goes mad. <sighs> so that's the program. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining in. Uh, thanks to everybody who jumped in and helped out with Ralph's challenge. We will be at 1330 tomorrow or 
mm, I may not be on the air tomorrow. Uh, it kind of depends on when the new wheel gets in. Because the first thing I'm going to do when it does is get it put on because I'm sick to death of worrying about a piece of faulty aluminum flying all to pieces and potentially doing some grievous level of harm. If I'm not on the air, I'll put a post up. But thank you. Thank you for being a part of this ongoing conversation. Even when the program is as filled with wacky stupidity, political posturing, bad faith argument, venality and criminality, as this one was. I'm glad we can be together to deal with some of this crap. So again, thank you. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thanks to those who make challenges and double other people's money. Thank you. Thank you this evening to Ralphs. Thank you, TJ. TJ's who got us down to 10.30. Thank you. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Uh, thank you, Jude. Jude said, closing with a heart-rending program. Thank you for all you do for us, Robin, dear. Excellent on all levels. I don't know how excellent it was, Jude. I, I, I... Uh, feel like I need to go somewhere and sit in sackcloth and ashes. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks for pop, uh, for being there in the chat room, Roger. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, please like and subscribe to the podcast, even when I get like this. Leave a comment if you wish. Great to hear from you, Brother Bishop Steve in Georgia Stan, all-around great guy. Thank you for jumping in and helping. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia. Appalachia? Where'd that come from? And a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your RSV vaccine. Get your flu vaccine. Wear your mask when you're around groups of more than five, especially if they're maggots, because you know how they are. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance to the best of your ability. 
and uh, if somebody yells at you on the sidewalk and says, Hi, my daddy was a dentist, and he owned some farmland, and he died. And you look like a smurf. Well, avoid James Comer like the plague. Because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.